Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five. Four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power and a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the who, the super-duper successful. All right. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, in times of adversity and change, we really discover who we are and what we are made of. And that's from Howard Schultz. That's the billionaire CEO that started out from absolutely nothing in housing projects. CEO of Starbucks. All right. So the title of today's show is Learning Through Adversity. I want to thank everyone for listening. want to remind you, if you ever want to go back, if you ever miss any shows and you want to go back and re-listen to the live version of the shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If you are listening and you want to join me on my live calls every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the call-in number for that is 404-793-7050, all right? If we're not friends on Facebook, make sure you connect with me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R, and on Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks, all right? I love to hear from you guys. Continue to send me your comments and let me know how you're coming along and and how everything is going. You can email me at Coach Mark Speaks. That's C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. And if you have not had the opportunity to download my book, you can download it for absolutely free. Trust me, if you're not reading on a daily basis, shame on you. You need to start with something, and my book is a very, very easy book to get started with. You can download it for free, all right? I'm not selling it. I'm selling the physical versions, but that you can get the downloaded version, right? And you can just read five, ten minutes every single day, and I guarantee you that if you read and apply what you learn to your life, you're going to see massive change. You can download it for free at www.repeataftermebook.com. Dot com. All right. And last announcement, I have a daily message service. If you want to get inspirational, motivational messages every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 10 a.m. on the weekends, all you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247 and I'll put you on my daily message list. Be better daily. All right. Thank you much. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Bethany Hamilton. Now, Bethany was born in Hawaii in 1990 and began surfing competitively at the age of eight. Bethany's career started out very promising. Then at the age of 13, while surfing, Bethany got her arm bit off by a shark. 
Now, during the shark attack, Bethany had lost 60% of her blood and had to undergo several surgeries before she was stabilized. She would be released from the hospital a few days later. Bethany had been attacked by a 14-foot tiger shark. She would not allow this shark attack to prevent her from continuing to surf. Now, just one month after the attack, Bethany returned to surfing, and one year later, in 2004, she would release her autobiography, Soul Surfer, a true story of faith, family, and fighting to get back on the board. Now, her book became a bestseller, and she would be honored for her courage by MTV, ESPN, and the United States Sports Academy. Bethany would not allow the loss of her arm to become an obstacle or prevent her from fulfilling her surfing goals. Now, how many people probably would just fall off a surfboard and decide that they're not getting back in the water? This young girl had her arm bit off by a shark, and within a month, she was back out there surfing. Now, in 2005, just two years after her attack, she won the Explorer Women's Division at the 2005 NSSA National Championships, and she would begin to compete on the professional circuit in 2007. Now, in the same year that she went pro, 2007, there was also a documentary release that chronicled her return to the water after the shark attack. The documentary helped to inspire the creation of Soul Surfer, a 2011 movie about the event. Now, Bethany is one of the top female surfers as she has won eight surfing competitions and has placed in the top three in more than 13 competitions. It would have been very easy and no one would have stopped Bethany if she decided that she wouldn't continue to surf. But Bethany knew that surfing is just what she wanted to do and allowed nothing to get in her way. All right? What a courageous young um, woman there. Profile number two, John Budoff. Now, John is a corporate attorney out of California whose life would completely change when he decided to work with the Atlanta-based Southern Chicken and Biscuit chain Miss Winners. Now, John is a bankruptcy attorney who assisted Miss Winners in filing bankruptcy in 2010. Miss Winners was once a thriving chicken chain with 184 locations, but after their former owners acquired it in 2006, the company began to go downhill very, very fast. When the owners acquired it in 2006, after the purchase, they had no operating funds left to run the company. And then the recession hit, and it hit hard in many of the areas where Miss Winners had locations. Now, Miss Winners caters to working class people with very small disposable income, and after 2007, that income virtually disappeared. Now, from 2007 to 2009, Miss Winners' sales were down 40%. It's almost half. That's absolutely, godly. that's crazy. Not only were sales down, but they were unable to obtain any new loans, which forced the chain to close all of its company-owned stores, and the chain basically disappeared. I know that for those of you that are in states like Atlanta and Tennessee, and you used to see Miss Winters, and then now all of a sudden you don't see them anymore. All the Miss Winters are closed down. I never really thought about why, but now we know the answer why. Now, when John took on this case, it essentially dominated his entire practice as he would negotiate with at least 20 landlords every day to prevent them from filing evictions. Now, the owners were first very hesitant to file a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, but by the summer of 2000, 
2010, the owners realized that they had no other options. Miss Winners went from 184 stores to 15 operating stores. In a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the owners were attempting to reorganize the company's debts and still continue to operate the business, but with the lack of any new funding, the company soon realized that it had run out of options and would have to file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy where they would sell off all of their assets and completely shut the company down. Now, the bankruptcy team would try to sell the company's assets, but were unable to find a buyer. John was still owed over $200,000 in legal fees, so John decided to take the Miss Winners brand and trademark in exchange for his services. He had done all this work, and guess what? He hadn't gotten paid. So he said, you know what? I might as well just take the trademark and the company name and try to see if I can do something with it. Right? He didn't know what he can do because he didn't have any experience in the restaurant business. John had no previous experience, but took over the Miss Winners brand and first renegotiated with the 12 remaining Miss Winners stores that were still operating in Tennessee, Georgia, and North Carolina. He also rebuilt the franchise structure of the company. The company has done a complete turnaround and is now headed on the right path. The seven stores in North Carolina, which are actually positioned in wheat markets, are averaging $900,000 a year in sales. The stores that, have, that, are, um, that are in Atlanta are averaging $2 million a year in revenue. Now, the chain is looking to open stores in the Knoxville, Birmingham, Atlanta, and in the Memphis markets. Currently, they are negotiating to add on 8 to 10 new stores, and their plan is to add 10 franchise stores and one company store every year. The company now has a current valuation anywhere from 10 to 12 million dollars. Now that's a that's I came across that story today and that was just an absolutely amazing story. Here it is this guy provided his service to the company, right? Thinking that they were going to restructure and get back on track and be able to pay him, then they realized that it was not going to happen. The company had to shut down. There was nothing left. He was going to walk away with nothing. All that time and money that his firm put in to doing this bankruptcy proceedings for them, he was going to lose. So he decided, you know what? I might as well take the name. I might as well take the brand. Right? He had no previous restaurant experience. Right? Took this and did something with it. Now, Miss Winners is worth 10 to $12 million. Right? That's an absolutely amazing story. That shows you that sometimes you can buy into or you can buy into a situation and you don't necessarily have to have money. Maybe you can trade your services, right? And it also shows you that someone else's trash could be someone else's treasure. Here it is. Nobody wanted it, right? This was the last thing that was remaining. This man took this to help try to cover his $200,000 debt, right, that they owed him. And now the company's worth 10 to $12 million. Let's see where it's going to be worth in five years from now. Let's now look at a few people that not only learned from their adversities, but overcame them that to achieve massive success in life. Number one, Helen Keller. Now, Helen Keller was the first person that was born blind and deaf to earn a college degree. Helen went on to become a famous speaker and author. She is remembered as an advocate for people with disabilities as well as numerous other causes. Number two, Stevie Wonder. 
Now, Stevie Wonder is considered to be one of the most critically and commercially successful music performers of the last 100 years. Stevie became blind shortly after birth, but didn't allow that to stop him from becoming a phenomenal musician. Stevie has recorded more than 30 U.S. top 10 hits and received 25 Grammy Awards, the most ever awarded to a male solo artist, and has sold over 100 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Number three, Lennon Moreno. Now, Lennon was the vice president of Ecuador from 2007 to 2013. Lennon was a paraplegic and one of the world's few disabled national leaders. In 1988, in 1998, two young men approached Lennon in a grocery store parking lot and told him they wanted his money and his car. He gave it to them, but they still shot him in the back. This left Lennon paralyzed and unable to walk for the first few years. Lennon was left bedridden, suffering from a lot of pain, but Lennon decided to try out laughter therapy, which he read about. Now, if you guys don't know about laughter therapy, there's a great book on it by a guy named Norman Cousins. If you know anyone that's in extreme pain or anyone that's uh, that's just in a really bad medical situation, just look for, I can't remember the name of the book. I have it somewhere, but it's the, the author's name is Norman Cousins. Now, his family practiced humor and laughing, and within four years of the shooting, Lennon felt well enough to move about in a wheelchair and would continue his work as a lawyer and a public servant and eventually becoming the vice president of the country. In 2012, he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Number four, Ralph Braun. Now, when Ralph was six years old, doctors diagnosed him with muscular dystrophy. He started using a wheelchair at the age of 14. At the age of 15, he created a motorized wagon with his father to help him get around. Five years later, Ralph created a motorized scooter called the Tri-Wheeler using various parts from his cousin's farm. In 1970, Ralph added wheelchair platform lifts to full-size Dodge vans, and in 1991, Ralph introduced the first wheelchair-accessible minivan based on the Dodge Caravan and was called the Enervan. Number five, Suda Chandran. Now, Suda's an Indian film and television actress and dancer. In June of 1981, she lost her leg after she got an infection after a car accident. After doctors discovered that gangrene had formed on her right leg, they had to amputate the leg so the infection wouldn't spread. Now, Suda says that this was the toughest time of her life, but she overcame her disability with the help of a prosthetic foot. Now, she returned to dancing after a gap of two years and has since performed in Europe, Canada, and the Middle East. Number six, Stephen Hawking. Now, Stephen is an American physicist, cosmologist, and author. Stephen has a very rare form of ALS, more commonly known as motor neuron disease, which has gradually gradually paralyzed him over the decades. He now communicates using a single cheek muscle attached to a speech-generating device. Now, even with this disability, Stephen is an honorary fellow of the Royal Society of Arts, a lifetime member of the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, and a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian award in the United States. This man can only communicate with a single muscle in his cheek and still finds a way to be an amazing. 
If that's not adversity, if that's not, if that's not overcoming adversity, I don't know what is. Number seven, Marla Runyon. Now, Marla is an American track and field athlete, road runner, and marathon runner. Marla is the first legally blind athlete to ever compete in the Olympics. Marla won four gold medals at the 1992 Summer Paralympics in the long jump, the 100, the 200, and the 400-meter races. At the 1996 Paralympics in Atlanta, she took silver in the shot put and gold in the pentathlon. She is also a three-time national champion in the women's 5,000 meters. Number eight, Ludwig van Beethoven. Now, Beethoven was a German composer. He began displaying his musical talents at an early age as he was taught by his father. At the age of 21, he moved to Vienna as he began to gain a reputation as a pianist. By his late 20s, his hearing began to deteriorate, and by the last decade of his life, he was almost totally deaf. Now, during this time, Beethoven had thoughts of suicide, but decided to continue living for and through his art. It is during this time that Beethoven composed some of his most famous and finest works. Yes, the great Beethoven was deaf. Number nine, Christopher Reeve. Christopher was an American actor, film director, producer, and screenwriter who achieved super superstardom for his acting achievements in the role of Superman. In 1995, Christopher became a quadriplegic after being thrown from a horse during an equestrian competition. Although he required a wheelchair and a portable ventilator for the rest of his life, he lobbied on behalf of people with spinal cord injuries and for stem cell research. Number 10. Lord Nelson. Now, Lord Nelson was a British officer in the Royal Navy, and he is also known as one of the greatest commanders of his day. During combat, Lord Nelson lost both his arm and his eyes, yet he still continued to win victories until his death during a battle in 1805. Now, after hearing the profiles of all these people, doesn't it make you want to go out there and do something amazing? Because a lot of us have a lot more ability. We're not in the same position of these people. And these people were still able to do amazing things. And we cry and complain about everything else going on in our lives. And here it is. These people with all kinds of disabilities. One person, the only movement they can make is with a muscle in their cheek. But they're still able to do amazing things. That's what you call learning through adversity. Now, adversity comes in many different forms. It can be failing to get a promotion, losing a business deal, being fired from your job, medical illness, or unexpected financial expenses. Now, regardless of the way adversity comes to you, it can be a teacher to us if we view it in the proper perspective. Everyone that performs at the highest level in their profession has experienced some setbacks on their way to success. You cannot expect to be at the highest level of any performance or profession without experiencing some adversity. Now, the only way to shield yourself from adversity in any performance or profession is to not play the game at the highest level. Now, if you if you stay at levels below your ultimate potential or capability, you may be able to avoid adversity. But why would anyone want to live their life like that? 
If you can learn to expect adversity, it will not be a surprise when it comes. You have to accept the fact that you have chosen to compete at the highest level your ability will allow. When you take on this mindset, adversity becomes a challenge to be conquered rather than an excuse for you to get sad and depressed. When you view adversity as an opportunity for personal growth, you can then evolve to a stage where you start to welcome adversity. Now, this happens because you know it will result in some form of transformative growth. We have to remember that the best athletes, business people, and other top performers in the world do what is hard not what's easy. They welcome adversity because they realize that most uh, most others will run from it. They know that if they face it, they will eventually overcome it and they will help and this will help them to continue to be great. Let's now look at some of the different forms of adversity. Number 1 is physical adversity. Now, physical adversity can come from could come in the form of a physical disability or handicaps like chronic pain fatigue, or obesity. Number two, mental adversity. This would be people that may suffer from mental health problems. Number three, emotional adversity. Now, this is when we allow our feelings to overtake us. Number four, social adversity. This is when we look, when we lack the social skills to get along with others. And number five, financial adversity. And we all know what financial adversity is when we can't afford to live or maintain our current lifestyle or the lifestyle that we desire. Now, most people are naturally going to respond to adversity by saying, why me? Or I always try to do my best. Why is this happening? Or I'm a good person and I treat others well. So why is bad things happening to me? Now, when we take on this perspective, we're allowing ourselves to fall in the victim mode. The victim mode is the result of a form of negative self-talk, which we talked about last week, known as the fallacy of fairness. Now, this fallacy is an underlying belief that the world is or should be fair. This is a concept that is inconsistent with reality. Now, if we're walking around consciously or unconsciously thinking that everything that happens to us will be fair, then we are setting ourselves up for failure. Now, on the other hand, if we accept that life isn't always fair, we then deal with the adversity to the best of our ability and without resentment. We understand the adversity that we are experiencing will be temporary. Let's now look at the difference between looking at adversity from a weak place versus a strong place. Now, someone looking at adversity from a weak place may say, poor me. Someone looking at it from a strong place will say, this may not be good, but I can take it. Someone looking at it from a weak place may say, why me? Someone looking at it from a strong place may say, why not me? Someone looking at adversity from a weak place will say, I don't think I can handle this. Someone looking at it from a strong place will say, I can get through this. Someone looking at it from a weak place will say, I hope I make it through. From a strong place, they'll say, no way will I lose whatever this is. Someone looking at it from a weak place will say, will this ever end? Someone looking at it from a strong place will say, I can outlast the challenge. Dish it out. Whatever it is, just dish it out to me. Someone looking at it from a weak place will say, I can never get ahead. Someone looking at it from a strong place will say, the challenges in my life have taught me to succeed despite the pain. And someone looking at it from a weak place will say, 
After what I've been through, I feel used up and beat down. And someone looking at adversity from a strong place will say, because of the things I've overcome, I feel like I can handle anything that happens to me. So let's now look at a few of the lessons we learn from adversity. Number one, you're about to rise up from nothing. If you allow adversity to empower you and you take the positives from it, you will rise up amongst everyone else like you never have before. Number two, up until now, things were too safe. Now, when adversity comes into our life, it's generally a sign that things were too safe and we were in our comfort zone. If we don't face difficult situations, we won't change and we will keep just doing what's comfortable. Number three, you deserve better. Facing adversity will cause you to think to yourself that you deserve better and that you don't want your life to reflect the tragedy or pain that the adversity has given you. Number four, what the adversity means will shape you. Now, by looking at adversity from a positive perspective, it can help shape your life for the better. It can be the catalyst that helps you decide to do something new or to start a new venture. In the same way, if you see adversity as a bad thing, then you will have only pain to deal with. Number five, you can't change it, but you can learn from it. No matter how hard you try, the adversity has happened and can't be erased. So when we understand this, the only thing we can do is learn from it. The lessons you can learn are far greater than the lessons you will learn from normal everyday situations. And number six, it's time to refocus and do what really matters. Adversity usually forces us to refocus. It usually gives us no choice but to change what we are currently doing. Okay, okay. Well, that's all that we have for today's show. want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen, all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com. If you want to listen in on my live motivational calls every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the call-in number is 404-793-7050, all right? Make sure you share this with three friends. I know you got three friends that's facing adversity right now. They can benefit from this. Make sure you share it with them. After you share it with them and they listen to it, then you guys go over some of the talking points, right? That's how we learn, okay? So make sure you share this with three friends. I continually want to hear from you guys. So make sure you, you send me your emails at coach. Mark speaks at gmail.com. That's C O A C H M A R K S P E A K S at gmail.com. I want to hear your progress. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is Good timbers does not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. Let me repeat that. Good timbers do not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, that's the adversity. The stronger the trees, that's you. And that's from Thomas S. Munson. Thank you much. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.